Sippers, welcome to this episode of the Tea With Me podcast with me, Shane Todd. It's a guest episode. Before we get into it, let me plug two things. Number one, this podcast is sponsored by supportlocalni.com. You know, coming up to Christmas, everybody's just buying gifts on Amazon. You know, maybe you're venturing out and going to the spa to buy people stuff. You know, your local convenience store. What you want to do is go to supportlocalni.com. It's essentially an Amazon for local businesses. We've got to support local businesses at this time. It's a great idea. It's a great concept. It's essentially a website that shows you all these local businesses. It gives you ideas for gifts. Like, I'm on it right now. I'm seeing, you know, stationery. I'm seeing framed prints. I'm seeing fudge. You know, and fudge is great because it's, it's very fun to say and it's nice to eat. I'm seeing makeup studios, I'm seeing art, um, NI Coffee Company, designs, dance school. I mean, what I'm saying is they've got it all. So head over there, supportlocalni.com, great for Christmas gifts. Have a look, see what's happening. We'll link to it in the description of this episode. I've also got a plug of Patreon, which is patreon.com slash podcast. You get a bonus episode every week. Me and producer Dan, there's my stand-up special from last year at the waterfront on there, and a lot more stuff coming up to Christmas. We're going to have some more episodes. We do two a week at the minute, but we'll maybe add some more coming up to, to Christmas in that in-between New Year period where everybody just, you know, lies on their side and feels fat. So we, at the minute, we've banked quite a few episodes and I've got to say, they've been a hell of a lot of fun. The Paddy McDonald episode went out last week. It was great. This episode is no different. I'm getting a comedian friend in. My friend is Connor Keys. Connor does the Deck Chair and Yums podcast with Mickey Bartlett, which is absolutely amazing. Definitely check that out. And Connor and I have been gigging together for, well, you know what? We've already actually recorded the episode. And Connor is just, he's off camera here for, for 10 years we've known each other. Yeah. 10 years. He's just, he's over there, but I'm acting like this is done before he arrives. But actually, we've already done the episode. Spoiler alert, it was a hell of a lot of fun and we got into a lot of stuff. You know, so I'm expecting the comment section to be pretty busy after this one. So yeah, we've been gigging together for, for about 10 years. You know, Connor's a great guy. He's there. You know what I mean? I, out of the corner of my eye, I can see his trainers. Um, but yeah, we talk about Daly's Comedy Club. We talk about um, old experiences of gigging and the Deck Chair and Yums podcast, if you haven't listened, and I implore you to do it, uh, they talk a lot about conspiracy theories, so we get into a lot of that. And it's difficult for me to get into that kind of thing for two reasons. Number one, I'm not that intelligent. And number two, I'm in the Illuminati. So it's hard for me to really let go on this kind of thing but yeah we have a hell of a lot of fun you'll enjoy this episode it's with connor keys let's enjoy this episode of the tea with me podcast you like my plant i love your plant actually i don't know if that was a plant as a plant what do you mean did you plant it there on badness because it's not badness as pure decoration for the visual element i thought you were trying to tease me about or something of the podcast What do you mean? <laughs> Just, you know, because you know, I, I like, love plants. You love gardening, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Never met a man more into his agriculture. <laughs> Hydroponics only, but... <laughs> oh, once, um, once I was calling at my cousin's flat. This was when I was about 10 or 11 in the estate out the road. Wrapped the door, 
didn't know what number it was, but I was like, I think it's this one, but it was on the wrong flight in the block of flats. Right. Wrapped the door. All I heard was, one second, one second. I was like, not like him. You know, one second, one second. Guy came to the door and there was just like an ultraviolet green light <laughs> coming from the side of him and he looked like he was shitting himself. <laughs> and about 10 years later, one day I was like, bet that guy was growing, was growing <laughs> weight. Just, just walking in the street. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, no, God forgive you, that's terrible thing to say. <laughs> it's funny when people get, it's so funny when like, when people get busted and like, you know, and in America and all, you know, it's like, oh, they found like a drugs haul worth $200 million here. It's always some guy in the country. And like, drugs haul worth 68 quid. <laughs> Three plants. <laughs> 17 roads shut down. <laughs> you see the video, there was a guy recently, I was in England, I think, and there was a news reporter outside of what seemed to be, uh, had been a drug bust earlier in the day. And there's one guy just caught in the background coming with a plant. <laughs> just it must have been his his ration, and he had to get it out and just away caught on camera. Uh, yeah. So no, your plant is, is uh, hopefully it's um it's going to get bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it um, works well in an audio podcast, I suppose too. So I haven't seen. Well, we we've got the visual element of it too. Not a lot of people watch video. Oh. More people watch. Um, more people watch the audio. <laughs> um, I haven't seen you since February. Yeah. January, it's February. been a it's been a long lockdown. Those two weeks have lasted a long time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, we're gonna get into a lot of things. It's on the this. longest two weeks of my life. It feels like it anyway. <laughs> I text. So I'll mention it in the intro, but uh, you do a podcast with Mickey Bartlett um, called Deck Chair and Yums. In my opinion, one of the, one of the best about one of the few podcasts that of friends that I would listen to because there's something weird about listening, like not weird, but. You know, you try to chat to your friends, so you yeah. don't need to listen to yeah. their podcast. But that's one that I that, that I will regularly listen to, and uh, so a lot of it, what you deal with is conspiracies and mm. so much other stuff. But there's a that yeah, there's a to it. underlying theme runs <laughs> through the whole. There's a vein of <laughs> theories, <laughs> and I text um, I text Mickey a couple of weeks ago and said, "Oh, see this vaccine now." I'm, not that I'm on the wind up, but I wanna. I know he'll give me a good bit of chat about this. I said, "Would you take the?" Va-? I just sent him one sentence. I said, "Would you take the vaccine?" Yeah. And Mickey replied, <laughs> um, "A vaccine for something that doesn't exist?" Question mark. <laughs> Bartlett's been warned about that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. And, and that's the weird thing. He's like something that gives you no symptoms. What he's like? What am I worried about catching something with no symptoms? Doesn't yeah. exist. He did. There's something. What does he say? Ninety nine point nine four. Recovery rates, so why yeah. would you take? But the weird thing is, people think that I'm the one on when it comes to the vaccine thing, and I have no issue with it at all. I'll I'll take it now. You take it? Oh yeah, not a problem. Yeah, I have no issue with it at all. I mean, um, I didn't think we get into this this early, but even I'm because I'm uh, I don't know whether I'm genuinely in the at risk category, but with Crohn's and a compromised immune system, mm. I think I maybe am, I should check out a hundred percent. I yeah, should check that check out. See, yeah. But <laughs> but I ne- I never get the flu vaccine. I've never had the flu vaccine, no. But my, I, I've had the, what do you call it, the booster when you were in secondary school? Well, oh, BCG? Yeah, I've had that. Uh, you know, I had, my kids are immunized. And all, so I don't I don't have an issue with vaccine. What about the BCG you got in primary school where um, someone in another class had already got it because they give you a class by class mm-hmm. and come in to do a message to your classroom and go... Oh, I. And there was no fear bigger. We called it the booster. I don't know what you Booster? No, no, no. Uh, yeah, no fear than the booster. Or worse was the guys who were a year older than you had it last year, uh, punching you in that arm the whole day. 
Just constantly punching me. Oh, They're getting on like Vietnam vets. Yeah. <laughs> Just you don't know it. pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I've never got the flu vaccine just because I'm like, uh, I never get the flu. So Same I don't as, yeah. think. I well, actually, uh, once I've had the flu and it was in November. Oh, just there? Yeah. I've never, ever had. I've all, <laughs> actually, when it, when it was over, because there was no coronavirus talked about that stage. When it was over, I said to my wife, I'll never say again, oh, I had a dose of the flu last week, which I've said all my life. Right, right, right. What I had previously was a cold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I had an actual flu. In November, and it fucking floored me for just over three days. But couldn't what? actually, I had to cancel gigs and stuff. I couldn't, could not move. But they say, don't, aren't people saying like, oh, well, flu doesn't exist anymore? But what does that mean? Does that mean that anyone who gets, anyone who thinks they have COVID and it's really the flu, they're just saying COVID? I think that's what they're trying to say. I, I, I didn't see the memo that, <laughs> that told us we had cured flu. Right, um, but a ninety-five percent drop in a year is is technically cured I don't know, by anybody's book. Um, so I thought there should be at least street parties, but then you can't because of lockdown. So yeah, yeah, um, we could have a virtual party for the flu being killed. <laughs> I mean, um, I think whoever start, you know, people are like obviously blaming the Chinese, which is pretty sly for COVID. But I mean, whoever owns Zoom needs to be investigated <laughs> because shares, yeah. they've made a few pounds. <laughs> Follow the money. Uh, that is one of the biggest things, I suppose, in all this the crazy thing is the, the massive transfer of wealth. So they said there was a report came out that said two hundred forty three billion has went to the likes of Google, Apple, Amazon, things again, and two hundred billion has been lost by small businesses and stuff. So that's a massive change and oh. and money across the world, which oh, is not a good thing. Oh yeah, because it well Amazon it has definitely um, re-emphasized to me without thinking that like you buy things on Amazon. Yeah, you don't go to the you, your natural thing would be I need something, I have to go to the shops. Yeah, and that's and it's, what has happened is it's kind of the same thing as Google becoming a verb. To what do you mean, Google something? Yeah, or? to Google something online. Yeah, I'll, I'll Google it. I feel bad which for is terrible because as a corporation, you wouldn't say I'm going to go on Amazon it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, you don't go out. Get, <laughs> say to your mates, we're going to get, we're going to go out tonight. We're going to get fucking weatherspoon. Are <laughs> <No>, you good? <laughs> that would work. Weatherspoon. <laughs> I mean, so it's a weird one. I, I don't. I know. feel bad for the likes of uh, Lycos. Yeah. You know, no one's oh, nobody's, cost on it. Yeah, no one's no one's AOL on it. No. Don't be asking Jeeves anything. Oh fuck, fucked. Jeeves definitely had COVID. <laughs> he's, in, he's in the basement, quarantined. Jeeves, no at risk. I mean, whenever I was in secondary school, Jeeves was very old. Yes, you know, very, yeah. Because Jeeves launched. Ask Jeeves when he was an you know an old guy. So now, God, I don't he, know. I think he got a shield in there a few a few years back, and. Um, he just hasn't like, How long during does it the, take? During the uh, swine flu, I think it was back that How one. How long does it take, James, to find the answer to what you need? <laughs> uh, DuckDuckGo is the way to go forward now for your search. What's DuckDuckGo? It's, so it's a search engine that doesn't track your, your searches or doesn't look at, and it doesn't, uh, you know, like Google will prioritise things to uh, regarding to money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. DuckDuckGo won't do that. It'll give you a... A more realistic. What about Bing? Bing, Bing tried to Bing, Bing tried that, aye, but nah, <laughs> yeah. they they keep sneaking in with their toolbars. Every so often, you'll see it. Over yeah. and, Where the fuck did Bing come out? Get that out! Of. Yeah. Even tries it the odd time on the phone. Bing's like get out. Bing's Bing. like that un- that distant uncle that shows up at a family yeah. party. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake, do we not get? You were cool in the nineties. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> you were cool when you used to buy me toys. No, you're not. I mean, yeah, the whole well. The money thing, you know, people like follow the money and looking at all that kind of thing. Mm. Like, I, and we've probably talked about this a little bit before, a good while ago, I'm very 
ignorant in a way where I, if I know something like that's going on, I just don't look at it. Right, if I'm, okay, if, yeah. So when I get, hopefully when I get the vaccine, I won't look at them putting it in because I know it's, I know, right. I don't want to see that. Okay. So oh, is it a fear or is it just, you don't want to see it? Just I just don't want to see it because right. like, I don't mind getting a, a, an injection, get them all the time for the Crohn's thing. So, but I still prefer not to look at it. Okay. Otherwise it would make me more uncomfortable. And I'm the same with like, you know, when you, when you read about, you know, the rich getting richer, all that kind of thing. I just don't, I just don't, I don't, I mean, that's why I don't watch the news. Right, just to stay away from all the... Yeah. Just don't look at it. It's like break. The thing with my... What about, what about masturbation? What do you mean? Just don't look at it? No, just don't look, no, just don't look at it. <laughs> just don't look at just it. Just keep going. No, don't look at the needle. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know, it's just, I, I've, you know, you know, on the, on, probably where I hear most of, yeah, but what about this, is actually your podcast. Okay. <laughs> I mean, don't I don't know if that's a scary thought for you that that's where people are coming to get like an alternative take on things. But yeah, because we, we, we the sort of thing that we take on it is we're trying to what the fuck is going on. And you were doing that way before it was cool, like you, you especially. <laughs> cool. uh, like you, yeah. like I, I'd never met like. Can you, is conspiracy theorist a negative term? You call yourself a conspiracy <laughs> theorist, or you say you're just someone who questions things? Yeah, I would. I would all. I, I think I've always done that, even from school. But I've always questioned. Authority. So then when somebody tells you something, I'd be like, oh, well, I'd like to know myself. Yeah. Um, fuck, there's so much shit out there. <laughs> like, there's so much. But you. So much misinformation, so much un- un- intentional, unintentional. You've got every angle coming at. So it's very hard to to even try and understand what is real and what's not. It's very. Do you see the appeal of my attitude of like, I just don't look at anything? Or do you think that's irresponsible? Uh, I'd be envious. Of people like that, my right. wife's the guy. No, but my no. wife, my, my my wife genuinely doesn't. If I was to ask my wife, "Are you a nationalist or unionist?" She couldn't tell you. I don't know. She doesn't know which one. Don't is know the which. true definition of what they both are. But you would know which side is which. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. She had no clue. No, yeah, so I, I I sometimes go. I'd love to be like that. I'd love to just not think of those things or not have those things in my in my sight at all. But yeah, yeah, but then I think of the, like, then I think of other things in that way and I get, you know, yesterday, genuinely yesterday, it got to about two o'clock and I was like, I don't know if I've had lunch. <laughs> I, I couldn't work out if I had had lunch or not and it really started to upset and worry me because I was like, if, if I if I eat again, maybe I only had, maybe I only had an hour ago so I'm going to overfill and That's die. quite worrying at your age to have. Yeah, no, I have low IQ. Man, I have very low IQ. There's low IQ and then there's early onset dementia. Yeah. I mean, you can't remember if you had a lot other your IQ. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. I wish I, I could forget a few fucking lunches. It'll be doing all right. <laughs> I want to talk loads about stand up, but while while we're on this, um, let me ask you about you know about question things, about conspiracies, all that kind of thing. It has become not like a mainstream thing, but like it's something that so many more people have been turned on to yeah. since COVID. Two things I need to ask you. A pattern I notice you don't you don't do this, but like a lot of people I see on social media who are like getting into conspiracy stuff and, and yeah. that kind of thing, they do two things. Or and I want to ask you, do you think they're are they told to do? Are they advised this is the best way to post things? Because the two things are the laughing emojis, right, and the popcorn emoji. And right. are they? Is it just they're seeing it elsewhere, or are they like? 
not like mentor, but other like advice sites for like listen. There's there's no real. I, I know what you're trying to say. There's no real uh, central location. The key, it looks like they're all typed by the same person. Essentially, right. Yes. Uh, I thankfully I'm not on social media since maybe March time. Yeah. Um, and I now class social media the same as I class normal media, as in it's it's it can be controlled. Your narrative can be spun to you. Very very cautious of echo chambers. Um, where you're only hearing one side that suits your narrative. So uh, I constantly look at all sides to try and see. And even if something isn't uh, popular, if you want to call it that, um, uh, as long as there's reason behind it and logic, because let's be honest, if you look at what's happened this last six or nine months, there's no reason or logic behind any of it. Um, Most of it doesn't make sense, which makes you think, well, something else must be going on. So that's what we try and do. We're trying to constantly... uh, Find out what the fuck is going on. Uh, Q is is a thing that comes out, and Q is a. I heard. I only heard about that from you. <coughs> so Q <coughs> is a. It's a. Belfast based radio station. Yeah, it's Q, Q Radio. Uh, so ultimately, you'll hear a lot of. <laughs> Do you think they got loads of people tuning in, yeah. being like, "Fuck, these boys are really committed to the cause." Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> Try, trying to find out the hidden code, coded meanings in between songs. <laughs> Uh, it, it's a weird phenomenon because it started and all I can think of it now is the fucking competition time <laughs> how many millions have been but you have to remember the figure how many millions has been trafficked through Ellen, De, Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> is Ellen DeGeneres wearing an ankle tag find out after the break this is Ricky Martin <laughs> Yeah, well, that's a. I mean, we think of Ellen, and I know obviously you because you look a lot like Ellen. Um, and thinking that you, just in case you get confused, <laughs> but there does be like it's a lot of that stuff, a lot of Hollywood stuff was really weird, like the Tom Hanks things and stuff. And and me and Mickey have always said there's a feel of that that that's been purposely almost put out there to try and spoil something or to try and ruin something. I don't know what what it's trying to ruin. But we wouldn't be of the opinion that that is true about Hanks and Ellen DeGeneres. And Do you Oprah think there's, stuff. there's more like sensational stuff? That See, my, my problem is I, I first started looking into this years ago, um, around, about, around about 2010, once we, we had bought a house and then woke up one morning and the house had lost 70 grand of value. I'm like, what the fuck just happened? So I went to go for the first time in my life. I should have figured it out before I went and got a mortgage. But I thought I'll go and figure out how money works or how does it, like something you're never taught at school. Yeah. yeah. Like you're, you're, you can do economics, but you're not really doing that until you get to the university. You know, so you're not really taught anything. Um, you're doing Pythagoras' thing. Yeah, which is great, you know, because whenever, you, you know, you're, you need to get a mortgage. It, it was day. the first thing the mortgage advisor asked me, do you know Pythagoras' theorem? I was like, yeah. And he was like, that's all right, we can give you a mortgage. <laughs> so I went to learn about money and where it comes from and, and uh, how it operates globally. And when I did, I was like, oh, holy fuck. <laughs> this is uh, But this that's is what I'm weird. saying. If I imagine if I looked into that and found Horrifying answers. I'd just be sadder, or like it, it is scary, yeah. And then, and then uh, after more years, that was about 2010 onwards, up to about 2015, I started to realize, you know, I don't know anything. You know, everything I've been taught but I, but has been wrong. There's so a lot of things I don't, I don't know, know anything. There's a lot of things I don't want to know. Like, I, I think I accept like corruption everywhere. Yeah, and I every think, that's, I think that's the key to but, all this is nobody. Nobody has any belief that corruption can be stopped. It's just part and parcel of what we do. And it's just... Like, well, the brown envelopes has become a cliche now to the point it's joking, you know, politicians will take a bribe. And and 
it's not done as as blatant as that. Yeah. Like nobody's walking up to a politician going, here's we duffel bag, nah, park bag. bench. So it's all, and that's the thing about Q. So what Q did was so explain Q for I, so Q is an anonymous uh, post that appeared. Now there's a lot of theories out there. If you go on to the the media, for instance, they'll they'll call it QAnon. Um, there's no such thing as QAnon. So there's Q, and then there's anonymous people who follow it, which are anons in that sense. But so QAnon was put on as a name given to them by the mainstream media where they go and attack it and then they start firing out the weirdest stuff about Q. Now, I shouldn't say Q, I, sh- I should say the Anons. Q keeps it very simple and, and talks an awful lot about global corruption and uh, the power struggle and how the money works and where the money goes to. And then the sort of the level of nepotism you'll get between like a politician getting their son a job and that's how the money's laundered. It's not like a bribe into the, you know. So they broke that all down for the last four years or so. And uh, the problem is when the mainstream media are reporting it, all they talk about is the crazy stuff. Yeah. That yeah. some of the unknowns have come well, up that's with. All I, that's all I see. Yeah, all you see is the crazy mad stuff instead of looking at money. Yeah, yeah. Where does the money come from? Who controls it? Uh, the Federal Reserve is probably controls all our um, all our money i was very stupid i just thought in america yeah not with the world so uh, i i because the whole world is based on the u.s dollar right 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 all the currencies are sort of backed by that or and, and based around that now obviously you'll get people going going that's wrong we get that all the time but don't worry about that <laughs> there's you've got the the i always thought the federal or the american government when they needed more money they just printed more money yeah i didn't didn't understand how it worked and that's not how it works so when the American no, because then that, then inflation will go way up. Exactly, fucking but, yes. But what happens is the American government get a lend of the money from yeah. the Federal Reserve, yeah, at a high interest rate, and then in order to pay the money back and to pay the interest, they get a lend of the Federal Reserve. So it's a cycle of debt that's old. So do you remember and there are trillions in debt? Trillions. Do you remember Tommy Tiernan used to do a bit about you know we owe billions to this? We owe, who do we owe it to? Yes, 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 yes. The Federal Reserve. Federal Reserve and World Bank and IMF, they're all the one sort of control, I suppose. So the whole argument at the moment is about Trump. Um, is Trump another one of those billionaires coming in to just completely erode any fucking any freedoms we had? Uh, or is he actually the saviour, as some people are calling him? Is he somebody coming in to take down the corruption? From We're very in between when it comes to the podcast. We don't know. From the outside in... Um, oh, if you were to follow what the mainstream media tell you about Trump, yeah, he's a he's a racist buffoon who doesn't know what he's talking about. No, stuff, but, but but him personally, it just seemed to me like um, he he became like a symbol of something, and it was like he didn't. It looked to me like he didn't know, you know, like you say, people call him savior, and mm. people are like, you know, he's liberating this and he's doing this and he's he's waging this secret war, um, and from his face, it just looked like he was going. I'm not, but if everyone is telling me <laughs> yeah. I am, then that is unbelievable. Well, yeah, absolutely. And the had... more and the more he was like ignorant about it, and like I don't know who those guys are. People were like, "Oh, Donald, you fucking <laughs> sneaky bastard!" He's like, yeah. doing your wee air cues and all. <laughs> Even though it's just him moving his they hand. Like, they were like, "Oh, he he he, he uh, phone tweeted, you know, like a series of like letters." Yeah, people were like, "Figure all this out." He's like 87. <laughs> he's like your dad. Of course he's going to send the other fucking pocket tweet. Well, some of the key, th- the, the weird thing is about it is that this is this is why I've always said Q is probably one of the most sophisticated things I've ever seen. And not the madness out of it, but the actual posts and the timestamps 
the uh, misspelling of things are all linked into a code, which is crazy. I still haven't figured it all out, but there are um, there are crazy coincidences, and that's the problem. You know, uh, but you, you don't one, think you can find this phrase, in everything? Uh, I don't know. I mean, one of the phrases going about is how many coincidences until it's mathematically impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's getting to that point. Sometimes you're going, how, how is that? that? That can't be a coincidence, the way some of the things are, are timing up and teaming up together. For instance, the, the election at the moment, so the mail-in voting, Q broke it down back in April and said, this is what's going to happen. This is how they're going to do it. So sometimes I think, you know when you see, like, there was that video going around of a car pulling up, someone happened to be filming a mailbox or whatever, and these guys came and took all the votes away, mm. and they were being asked questions. That's right. And yeah. the Trump supporters were like, "Look at these guys." Sometimes I look at that and I think, "Is there like a double, double, double bluff going on here?" Yeah. Because I, I looked that at that too. and I was like, "There's no way that's, you know, that yeah, they'd never be that blatant." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So then I'm going, "Are the other ones then putting that out?" Yeah. So you go. And like then, I think now about you that know that how much, much of a mind fuck this all sometimes is. Sometimes I like even just thinking about that. I've killed about twenty brain cells here. Like I'm a thick guy, but I'm cute, so yeah. I have that thing of like I can't think about this too much, or I think I would just, I think I would just pull joints and break bones. Like yeah. my brain would, free, you know, I just get brain freeze a lot. It, it does be. Uh, for, you should see Mickey's face some weeks. <laughs> 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 and and Mickey with his You uh, think if he just stopped thinking about this it would straighten out <laughs> <laughs> the the uh the cartoon eyebrows that he has whenever he whoa, and they go right up. <laughs> uh usually like, get the fuck. Yeah. That's the usual phrase you hear from Mickey in the middle of it. Um But again, back to the coincidence thing, sometimes you just can't. And sometimes they are coincidental, maybe. But when there's so many happen and so many things. So uh that's why I kinda not really worried about a vaccine. I would have been maybe last year. But I genuinely believe that the good guys are in charge, and I don't know how to describe that any other way than good guys. But uh, I knew about the corruption before Trump came along, and that's why I have the advantage of most people. I had seen Obama and Clinton and Bush and all the rest for what they were before Trump came along. So people, are, for some, it's very, very, it's fascinating to watch. It really Seems is the presidents, to watch. they they will all have some sort of big flaws and it's just like whose flaws can you make peace with yeah uh, well uh, like joe biden smelling people's <laughs> hair which can i be totally honest i kind of like to smell people's hair too but like not in as creepy a way as him no. but sometimes if i were to hug you and like your hair is sitting honestly if this lockdown's going as anything your hair your quiff always looks good right but right now that is sitting perfectly so if you, and I, were, wife, if you and I would hug, which we, <laughs> which we can hopefully do next year, or right after the vaccine. If, if mm-hmm. we had a vaccine, I'm going to drive Doma, right, and I'm going to hug you. Now, if I were to hug you and be close enough, I would smell your hair. And I know what it would smell of. What? But, uh, anyway, and, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. Are you, wait, sorry, can I, were you fair in there, you wash your hair with calm? Uh, <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Where, where did it come? What? Why? You mean plants? Yes. <laughs> I thought that was so weird. I was like, what's the link? <laughs> um, no, we, we can't afford hair gel in, uh, in Tyrone. 
We do have. We don't. We're, we're, <laughs> we've, we've moved away from cum. I'm not a detective. Would I be? <laughs> this is grey hair, by the way. That's not. That's not been anything put into it. That's just. <laughs> oh, look! There's a broken. I one. love the way the doors are I locked. Love the way those tiptoes went to there, and you got. The doors are locked, but there's a broken window. How did the killer get in? Me, I know. The ceiling. What? <laughs> Let's search for cum. <laughs> I'm always just searching for cum. Good man. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what I would have brought you some, but I you didn't let me know. And, and you haven't asked me about tea either yet. We've been sitting here on tea with me and then you're you don't right. ask me about tea you're right we're, do you know what sometimes I worry on this podcast we, we're moving away from tea and we've lost the essence of what brought us in so let me let me ask you are you a tea drinker and what is the level of your tea drinking no I don't drink tea I do drink tea but uh, coffee first right but if I'm having a tea it's gotta be tar like it's gotta be strong strong tea as in, a, with a certain type of bag, or just a lot of dips? I would leave a bag in. In a mug? Mm-hmm. That's weird. That's really... Yeah, a cup like this, takeaway cup. Like this, we got these from the Bay Tree next yeah. door. Support local. Um, <laughs> but in a mug... See, my you're running a gauntlet there. What's that? Swallowing the tea bag. No, no, no. I've had many a bag in my mouth. And, uh, <laughs> I never swallow. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Wait. Don't have ever day in your fucking podcast for. I'm joking. <laughs> Just me when I do solo ones mostly. Yeah. <laughs> oh fucking hell! Yeah, I think I think we drank tea together probably backstage yeah. in the show. I yeah. always make. Tea. You've actually got me onto the. Um, uh, you were the first one to make me try almond milk. Almond milk, yeah, it's good. And then tea. Patty no, no difference. So I drink almond milk because um, basically I'm lactose intolerant because of, of my health. Um, Patty McDonald sent me a WhatsApp in the middle of like the first lockdown. And it was uh, a graph about real milk and milk substitutes like almond mm-hmm. and the downsides of almond milk. So it was like, you know, there can be a lot of sugars in these, mm-hmm. um, you know, in the way it's kind of processed. And he's like something to think about, mate. And I had to reply and be like, yes, but if I drink the normal one, the main downside would be I would shit myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm okay with a little bit more sugar. You could do a bit more sugar, let's be honest. Yeah, because <laughs> um, I'm on a diet at the moment and it's fucking killing me. What, what do you What do you do? What are you doing? On it? I'm uh, my wife joined Slim and Words, so then I just copy her. You're you're like somebody who would uh, follow a walking tour around the city. I just. Just hanging about back a hundred behind, just yeah, yeah. Not, not really part of it. I read you with the tour guide, be <laughs> and you're asking questions. <laughs> Megaphone from a hundred meters away. So yeah. what are you doing? Just watching, just a general, like watching the yeah, trying and... to cut down the, f- the fucking shit and uh, walking, doing a bit of walking and stuff. But a two stone on over lockdown, so I, I, I have to everybody like yeah, but I have to lose two stone to go back to being a fat fucker. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's not, it's not good. You, Everybody's uh, most people have the ability to put on a wee bit extra weight. You and it could maybe do. You eat at night, like that, right? That's your. Yeah, that's, oh yeah, that's yeah. your thing. Yeah, vampire just. Do you think? Can you get that? Can you get I've, that on? I just go to bed. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it was a bed half seven last night. Did you never know going to bed was an option? <laughs> no, I didn't know. I didn't know you could do that. I didn't know you could switch off the switch. I was like, that's fucking genius. I'm forty next year, and uh, it took me to land. If you want to know how. Um, out of control my life is and how much of a party boy I am 
last night, mm-hmm. not only did I at 20 past nine very dramatically say, I need to go to bed. I was watching The Crown when it happened. <gasps> I was like, I need to go to bed. Do you want to talk about that? No. I don't watch it. Uh, my wife watches it. Yeah. You seen any of it? No. Fucking good show. So she's telling me. She's trying to get me into it. But it's no. a good show. Like, like uh, I, I know the anything cast. else. I know the cast. It's a very a good, good show. Yeah. It's really uh, good. Olivia Coleman's in it, isn't it? And Not John. in the series. I'm, I'm going from the start, so it's Claire Foy and Matt Smith. Right. And John Lithgow appears in it later on. He, no, he's in the whole thing. Oh, he's in the whole thing. Ben it? Churchill? Okay, yeah. Ben Churchill, yeah. 10 out of 10. He's brilliant. He is. He's a class actor, yeah. But uh, no, I haven't got on to it yet. I'm tra- I was re-watching The West Wing. I was in the middle of... Uh, I've never seen The West Wing. Worth, get, worth getting into? Yeah, really, really good. One of the best. Probably some of the best writing. Because it's Sorkin. It's Aaron Sorkin. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, first four seasons are unreal. Like, yeah. So I, I don't know how many times I've rewatched it. I just... You like it? You kind of hope for a, a President Bartlett. Not Mickey, but... <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Mickey and Karen on the other. <laughs> the Bartlett boys taking yeah. care of the states. President and Vice President. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um... So with the with the uh, with the diet thing and the weight thing, here here's the thing I always think about: Do you ever worry that like if you drastically changed, and like for better or worse, it would affect your stand up? Yeah, I'd be worried that being too skinny <laughs> would make you not funny anymore. Well, do you think it's like a joke? For, for somebody who's no, for me who um, I kind of always I don't joke about weight on stage, but I I make sure I get the reference in first. You've one or two lines. Yeah. And, and I'll get it in, but uh, I do have that fear going, because I think I get away with more. I don't know what that is. I think I get away uh, away with more um, risky material, I suppose, in that way, for being the jolly, jolly fat guy. Uh, no, but I don't... you don't do that kind of material. It's not It's not yeah. based on the way you look. You, your material's not yeah, I'll try, I try not to, but I, I would sort of, I would make a reference to it. Just, I suppose it's a nervous thing to get there before the audience does. Yeah. And, and that... That's, they never do it, but it's just my head. That's what she. When I lost for medical reasons, when I lost loads of weight with the Crohn's, I felt really, really weird on stage. Like I was thinking, if anyone seen me do stand up before and they saw me when I went down to like eight and a half stone, I was just a skeleton. Like I was, you think, were a skeleton. Yeah, I was thinking they were looking at me, being like, hmm. you know, you couldn't concentrate in the stand up. Yeah, I, I, well, I would have the fear that if I if I touch wood, if I lost a load of weight, that people would go, oh. He looks so different. You know, if, he, if yeah. they've seen me before, if they haven't seen me before, that's just the first time they'll see me. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. if they had seen me before, that's all they could think about. Yeah. They wouldn't be able to think about it here going, fucking hell. I think, that's the dream, anyway. That's what I'm hoping for. I think people think you, <laughs> you just roll out and do stand up. Literally, just roll me out. <laughs> <laughs> you roll out, then roll out and go to stand up. Um, but like, small things like, I, I will change outfit four times before I go out to do a gig sometimes. And it's not like, I wa- it's not me going, I want to look good here. I'm thinking about like, are they going to think my trainers are weird here? Yeah, I don't absolutely. know. I, I you think do. because you have to. Yeah, if you're genuinely taking comedy serious, you have to know that you are judged from the moment you step out on stage. I think, and and it, I think it's taken me a load of years to figure out what my on stage outfit is. I remember Dan Sloss saying to me um, about that he changes every year, so he'll change something. He'll change his outfit. He'll change his hairstyle. He'll change. So that each one goes with a different phase of him. It's still him, but he'll take a different attempt to it. And it might be small changes, but he said for each tour or each special, he would have something different. He he gave me brilliant. I I supported him. So Daniel Sauce, a Scottish comedian, who it's weird because it's like of everything he's done, mm. like fuck, like HBO specials, Netflix, but like you would still locally have to 
explain. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So it's he's a, a weird, Scottish, a weird, yeah, yeah Scottish comedian. Bit so intelligent, mm. brilliant stand up, and um, I remember supporting it. I think he's young, like he's like a year younger than me at the same age, and I supported him at Black Box when we we're both like very early twenties, just out of our teens, and I went on first. He introduced me. And I used to just try and get to the mic as quick as possible and start like a machine gun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, after the gig, he was like, listen, I hope you don't think it's disrespectful for me to offer you a bit of advice. I was like, please do. He said, um, take your time. He's like, grab the mic and get your bearings and then start. And it helped me massively. Uh, that uh, I think, I'm not going to quote because he probably says wrong, but I think he got that from Tom Steed, right, who right, right. also said the same thing to myself. It was like, when you get on stage, make the enemies. Grab the mic. Take the mic stand, take it with you to the back of the stage, out of your way, yeah, and then yeah. come and do your thing. Because that is the time to know this is your stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be too afraid. <laughs> I'd be thinking halfway across, going, hello, how you doing? Say something. Uh, but that's confidence, I suppose, that comes I, with time, doesn't I think it? I peaked too soon with tra- with like more of a mature look whenever we did Waterfront <coughs> last time, and I wore uh, a black shirt tucked in. It's actually these jeans. And mm. some very nice black smart shoes. That's I think right. I looked like, you know, at a weird manch, I look. You sort of have, I don't know, there's something about the waterfront especially. I mean, it's 2,000 people, so you sort of have to look like. But then. But then. But then for comedy, I don't know. That's but then, weird... in, like, with hindsight, and I, fuck, that was one of my favourite gigs ever. With hindsight, I was like, I probably would have felt more comfortable wearing the stuff I'd normally wear. But you can slightly, I mean. Say I go and do a spot at Pugs mm. where I can wear trainers, jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. And it's not me being disrespectful to crowds. That's me, especially if I'm trying new material, physically being as comfortable in yeah. like as part, it's, Yeah, because you, you, you need to try and get away as, uh, get rid of as many distractions away from the material. Yeah. Because if yeah. you're trying new stuff, you don't need anything else. So you just want to focus on that. So then, yeah. yeah, your clothes don't become uh, important to you at all. But uh, you What did you wear for your first gig? Remember? I wore a, a t-shirt. Just a t-shirt. It was like a t-shirt, uh, jeans, t-shirt and jeans. It was like a Jim Morrison t-shirt. The only reason I know that is because the photographs are there. Because it was a, a right, right. first time it was in Dailies, and yeah, Dailies had a photographer at all times there. Can't remember what I wore from the first gig. Jumper, jumper, shirt, jeans and trainers. Nice. You wouldn't do that again. No. Jumper's too warm, isn't it? You know now under lights. Yeah, you wouldn't wear a jumper. But that again comes from experience, doesn't it? It's yeah. Just, Time and then spent time on it. Um, you had we talked about Daniel Sauce. You had him over, and every comedian who was good at the time to to Daly's Comedy Club. Yeah, in Oma, which when you I remember you said to which people we, which we couldn't sell out when he played. Yeah, see that's my that that is I think a testament to local audiences where they always want to support their own. Yeah, very very support. I think uh, our I'm going to say our generation. You want to call it that? Yeah, yeah, but that group of ourselves that the support from local people is unbelievable and like we just said Sloss has got Netflix he's done Conan O'Brien he had done Conan O'Brien yeah, already yeah. behind me to come to Daly's but no nah, I mean they wanted Shane Todd Paddy McDonald you know what I mean they yeah, wanted yeah. locals that the guys are new but, but um, I remember when you when you would say to people oh, I'm going up to Oma this weekend to do stand up they'd almost like not feel bad for you, yeah, but they'd be like, sympathy. I'm sure you, fuck, do you have to do, you know, I'm sure you have to do those kind of ones. And you'd be like, you'd spend 10 minutes passionately being like, you should drive up to see this place. Yeah. It it got, yeah, that's that's our, that was our comedy club in Oma, so it kind of got a... Is it in a grand bar, like an old grand bar? Yeah, an old upstairs. bar upstairs. And uh, it just kind of, Terry Keys and Chris Bowes, uh, 
started it and Terry was the, you know, obviously Terry, so Terry was the MC. Yeah. And uh, it kind of was, it's the same problem everybody had back at that time in a small town, was trying to introduce comedy to a town that didn't have comedy. Yeah, yeah. So trying to introduce people to come along uh, to a, a, a pub and not talk was completely alien well, to them. Well, They'd never the, done it before. The, the, the challenge was changing their expectations of what a comedy night was. Yes, yeah. Because they, they would have thought it was one person. Absolutely, yeah. So they didn't, know, an hour and they, half. They didn't understand. So Terry was MC, and Terry was a great MC. Um, yeah, he was. Yeah, it was like uh, Something was off the cuff stuff was amazing. Uh, and that's I, I, I remember watching one comedian. I went in to watch, because uh, they weren't doing well. They, they, they were, yeah, they were yeah. struggling to start. And I remember going in the August um, of 2010, and saying to I'm ten years this year, saying to uh, my me and my brother went to watch it and there was a, there was a comedian on, a uh, local comedian, and I time I, for guess I, who I watched. <laughs> <laughs> You're too good at guess who. So does this it. person have glasses? <laughs> 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 so this person doesn't do it anymore. So that's a good that's a good that's a good thank fuck. Uh, he uh, he was on stage and he was telling jokes that were properly twenty years old. Um, like jokes that I would have remembered in primary school in the playground. No, I'm not telling you. And uh, I rem- I'll never forget. I remember turning to my brother and going, "I may not be the best, but I know I could do better than that." But the idea must have had been in your head. It had been in my head for a while. I was going to go for "Show Me the Funny" or "Find Me the Funny." Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I missed the deadline of closing date by a day. Didn't know Terry Keys was going on it at all. Oh, I had no okay. idea. I just seen the poster in, in my and place I worked, and the poster was very. Uh, it was like, do your friends think you're funny? Um, are you good at telling stories? And that's all I had been doing for a while. I, yeah. I would have done that, just messing about. And uh, so yeah, I missed that, and I'm glad I missed that because then it would have been two, two keyses and two. You know, it would have been yeah, because he's my cousin and stuff. So, uh, so this this was a better one to go then to to Daly's, and I said to Chris, you know, can you can you give me a slot? And he said, yeah, I'll give you seven minutes. So what I did because of the work I, I work in community work, so I fucking got everybody I know. Yeah, yeah. To come along to support where most people try not to maybe perform. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I was like, no, fill the place full just for like a comfort blanket. And it was a competition. And uh, I'm trying to think who emceed it. I think it was Darren Matthews or else Darren Matthews was in the competition maybe. Right. And who else was it? Who else was in? Neve Marn was on. And in the competition? Myself, in the competition, yeah. And... I can't remember who else was on it. There was a line of about six or seven. I think maybe Darren Matthews was one of the one thing. So I won it, yeah. But it was an audience vote. So I had fucking I'd filled the place full of I did do well. Yeah. And the yeah. set went well. But Neve Marn fucking tore the roof of the place. And to the point even a few of my mates come up afterwards because there was there was prize money. There was I never forget there was eighty pound prize money. Right, right. And then my mates come up going, You need to fucking half that with her. I was like, no, well, no, fuck, fuck that. <laughs> Sorry, Neve, I kept the fucking 80 pounds. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, she definitely, well, then she came back next, the following month and headlined and she stormed it. Like, but uh, that was my first gig. So, and the problem with that is your first gig, it's a competition, you win, it's in dailies in a room full of people you know and you think, oh, fuck, yeah. I am, I am on it. Yeah. And then you get to Muff in County Donegal for a gig. I was going to say, like, <laughs> You're just thinking of comedy energy, and yeah. uh, <laughs> then you, you, you do a gig where you're it's pure death, yeah. And you're going, Oh, okay, this is harder than that's uh, what it is. This yeah, is this, this is, is harder really than it. I thought it was going to yeah. be. Um, so yeah, uh, a death and muff 
will definitely bring worst you... places to die. There are, there are worse places to die, but uh, Mary, Mary Dini's muff, by the way. Ever been to Mary Dini's? No. Um, so yeah, it was a funeral party that we didn't didn't. Know you were upstairs. They were upstairs. They were upstairs. Yeah. Man. Sean Haggerty was on. Uh, Terry Keys, myself, Terry McHugh, um, the creme to the creme, and two guys who had never done stand up before. That was brilliant. People was would always night. say, always in stand up nights back then, somebody would, the, the organizer would go, and they'd never organized anything before, they would go, listen, there's a fellow on, hasn't done any gigs, and instead of going, he's doing five minutes, so we'll go, we'll throw him on for 30. This guy did 27 minutes. And 18 of it was from Eddie Murphy Raw. Uh, to the point he got eight, maybe seven, eight minutes in, he decided to bring up guests to interview. I mean, that's very, very confident for your first time at doing stand-up. Stand um, or have you run out of stuff? <laughs> run out of stuff. And <laughs> so it was, uh, I had actually, oh, fuck, I never forget. I swear to God, till the day I die, I'll never forget that gig because it was the most weirdest gig in general. Um, my uncle and my two younger brothers came along and they were in the audience and like at one point my uncle called me over and went, is this a fucking hidden camera show? Right, Like, right. is this a prank? And I was like, I don't know, but I'm going to look for cameras here because something's not fucking right over this place. Yeah. And then we found out then. The, the party, <laughs> I think I've told this before, but the party up above that was, we were told when we went in, was a Valentine's two for one thing, so they were eating. Uh, Terry Keys, per, per guy. The was MC, it open? Could they see? Open, yeah. They were sitting and they were talking and you know yourself, a distraction. So yeah, Terry yeah. Keys, with MC, did a great job from Fair Play to him. He corralled them down. Come on down. After they finished eating, Right, come, come on, come, come on down. Come on down, you young yeah, lovers. <laughs> get you down here, all these Valentine's couples. And uh, they they scattered themselves among the audience. And, and at that stage, I, I wasn't aware of the mechanics of, of that and how important it was. I was happy enough to go up and them being up there didn't matter. But when they came down to the show, I thought, oh, okay, we have a show now. Yeah. And Terry, <laughs> just, before, just before he was going to announce me on, was going around thing and and I'm not joking. He said the following sentence to the woman and the thing, Jesus love, what's wrong with you? Who died? Right? She said, my father. <laughs> and every comedian clicked what it was and looked at the barman who had told us it was a Valentine's night. I went, what the fuck? And he went, oh, I didn't want to tell you what it was in case I scared you. I was like, fuck, it's a funeral party. Like you just put a stand-up gig <laughs> with a funeral party, and then poor Terry corrals him down to join the rest of the group. Oh, and, wow. uh, yeah. So that was that was. So a, there was more was, deaths that night. Basically. There, was more, there was a lot more dead people <laughs> last days. Uh, so we uh, that that was a big calm down after the sort of the elation of winning the competition. So then it, it became then became a long slog, as you'll know. Like we all. I mean, when I started in 2010, you were a couple of years into it already. So mm -hmm. you really had the empire, uh, if even that. You know, it was, was the only thing regularly going about. Yeah, so everything going weekly with no dailies. There was no, you know, Derry had something maybe, but nothing. Uh, Masons. Masons. And so it started to grow from there. We ended up doing, I had a gigs in Ards and Bangor and, and sh like really terrible gigs. Well, and really. everywhere. Really every terrible. every town <coughs> and village tried to start a club. Yeah, and failed miserably. But the problem, <laughs> and the problem was, what they would do is, and probably why dailies worked, one of the reasons, what they would do is, say, Newton Arts, would mm. somebody would go, I'm going to start a comedy club, 
and the bar love the idea of it because every bar owner wants to have a comedy night in their yeah. bar. It's, it's cool, like you know. So, so what they would do is, how much do you need for the first one? And he two hundred fifty pound. Boom, there's two hundred fifty quid, and they would promo it. Then they would get every the the bar m- manager would get his mates down, and and it was, the first one was always packed, and mm-hmm. it was usually good. Mm-hmm. And then the second month, what they would do is they go, well, the comedy night works now. Yeah. So we don't need to promo it as hard. We don't need to I tell people because yeah, it's always full. And then the second one wouldn't really have anyone. And the, the thir- you never wanted to do the third no. one because no. nobody was at it and the bar would stop it at that point instead yeah. of going, we need to build this. Yeah. and that's, da- Daly's uh, actually built. And, and Yeah. Well, actually what happened was the people that I brought with me to that competition night, about 50 to 60% of them became regulars yeah, yeah, yeah. and came every month yeah. because again that's something that, that small towns have to deal with is that people don't know what it is it's curiosity they come yeah, so they have you have to get them in and once you yeah, get them yeah. in for the first time and it sort of breaks the ice they yeah. go oh okay and then we were a Friday night too which in Oma like most small towns Friday night was usually like the underage drinkers right there was nobody really you know yeah, there's nothing yeah. really on the Friday night so this was a weird thing where people realised I could come and have like two beers yeah. feel like I've had a night out but, you know, not waking up on a Saturday, absolutely dying. And some of the names, like, who did you have? Yeah, well, that, that was a problem too. Um, it became a problem for us locally. So we had, it started off with uh, Ardlo Hanlon. So whenever he came along and uh, obviously it sold out in, in, in like minutes. And then the following months with Con Murphy. You know, so you had that level the set bar, up, yeah. you know, and then... Two things happened. Number one, the regulars thought that was going to be a level all the time. Yep. And in fairness, we did keep a decent enough level at that stage. But the other part was because those two gigs, I can't remember who the third gig was. It was a big name as well. But because the three of them sold out in a row, the whole town was like, ah, you can never get a ticket for that comedy club. Right, right, sold right. Out. Yep, yep. So then by the fourth month, nobody was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the bar owners like, had met me on a Monday after a Friday night. It was like, me and the wife were driving past, but... Thought fuck it, we have no tickets to get in. I was like, but you own the bar. <laughs> that was the level. So I thought, yeah, if you're yeah. thinking that you own the place, well, then what's you know what's Joe yeah, Soap yeah. thinking? So that was a, a to be a victim of your own success in that sense. But we well, yeah, we got around that, and then uh, as I say, then the things with what you were doing and what Colin was doing started to really kick off. Yeah, and it just was a a, a perfect storm, really. To be honest with you, just all sort of kicked in. Um, and then we could stay it over in Sloss and Tony Law and, you know, something really... And it's one that, like, if I was ever gigging in London or Scotland or wherever, that's the... It, when people heard your accent and you're from Northern Ireland, they, what about that Oma place, that Daily yeah. Club? Or they would say, what's that comedy club? And I would know what they were talking about. Yeah, uh, it's a weird thing that happened because I, the other thing that happened was when Arlo Hamlin came... Uh, but, sorry, but this day's uh, Terry had decided to move to Belfast and I had done dailies maybe four times on stage, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chris and Terry came to me and said, listen, would you mind taking over as residence MC? Because I was like, fucking happy days. I had to write new material every month, which was a killer, but it also kept me prolific and kept yeah, me sort of yeah, going. Yeah. Um, but when Arlo Hanlon announced my granny, being such a fan, had heard about him come along, and she was like, oh, I'll make sausage rolls. So she made sausage rolls, and her sausage rolls were fucking famous, and... And I jokingly said to her, I was like, fuck, if you do it for Ardle, I mean, we'll call Murphy next month, so you're going to have to make them. For so then it became a monthly thing. And then the sausage rolls became as famous as the club. Were, that's, I mean, that was always a big incentive as to yeah. why you'd go down. You'd be like, can I get 100 quid? You boys were like, 
we'll have 20 because it's a last minute spot. I'll take it because I, I knew <laughs> I was coming rules, down. Yeah. Uh, get us, as I say, he was caught many times with pockets full of leaving the place. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, yeah, so that became a big thing as well, which is very strange, but it was also uh, sort of a... Because I had done two years on the road, if you want to call it that, at yeah. shitty gigs. Yeah, yeah. Turning up to a pub, not even being offered a water or a cup of tea or something, because you know you've driven all the way. And like this idea yep. that stand-ups, this rock and roll, Matt. All people, all you want. Is, almond like, milk, you know what I mean? We're drinking tea with almond milk. Like, that's, you've done all my big shows, yeah. and what's, what's the rider is, <laughs> can we get a few waters, some almond milk, and then maybe if it's a big show, I'll be like, can you get some beers for some of the guys if yeah. they want some? But then, and then they're not drank because we're all driving. You know, exactly. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's one of those scenarios. So, uh, I got excommunicated from Dailies for about a year in the early days. Right. Because I did a, <laughs> I did a, a charity show in, in Oma, but like mm-hmm. for out towards coaching, is there like a night? Was oh, there a I've night heard game? about that. I've never. I was not. Wasn't that that gig? But I heard about that gig. It was. It was some. It was for teenage cancer trust. Maybe I want to say. Was there not something like loads of activities happening around the gig as well or something? Well, no. Well, I've heard. I've heard a few stories about I, this. Me gig. and Sean Hegarty with the stand-ups booked. Right. Okay. So we drove down. No money for it. And like you know, they, they were billing it as a comedy night, but it was a fundraiser thing. And after us, there was a guy getting his, either his legs or his back waxed. Um, <laughs> he was the next act on the bill. Me and Sean went and up. And he killed. Sean did. We were supposed to do 15 minutes or so. Right. Or maybe even more. We both did about three minutes. It was like a two-floor nightclub, yes. so nobody nobody was listening. It was like a fair. People were looking at different stuff. And I think me or Sean was like, listen, just, just want the guy getting the wax. And everyone's like, you. So we just commentated on the guy getting it waxed and interviewed him during it. And I, me and Sean after it were like, we could be the Anton Deck of waxing here. Uh, but then a nation of market. But then next time I went to do dailies, uh, the response was like, mm, nah, not this month. And then I figured it out because I guess in a small town, yeah. of course you're paranoid about, and there have been loads of instances about, and I, I've sometimes been asked, you come and do my barn, Oma. You know we've talked about that. Yeah, I, I think weird, they were paranoid yeah. about it, and and then it took a long time for me to figure out why. Yeah, and and the thing is too, I think as we know now in in twenty twenty, especially well, maybe not twenty twenty, but twenty nineteen, comedy was the new thing where everybody wanted to be doing one, and yeah. so we were getting uh, approached by other venues in the same town, yeah, and it's yeah. just. It's it's difficult. It's not. Uh, or they would go to acts and go. Or go to the direct. Yeah, go directly to acts and say, "Can you come and and bypass the comedy club?" And you're thinking there is a comedy club, and you know it's there. Uh, but the one thing that Dailies has that nobody else has is the square room, low ceiling, mm-hmm. and you cannot, as, as a performer on stage, you cannot put a price on that low ceiling, square room where everybody's facing the yep. wonder. You know. Uh, Bogan's is a great bar and a low man he's owner and stuff but an L-shaped audience is just difficult for yeah. a comedian yeah, yeah. bands are no problem but a comedian needing to do two facial expressions or two you know what I mean it's, yeah, just not, yeah. it's not working but uh, so that's, that's what they had was, was was magical but you know from doing it when it was at its peak like it was electric in there there was times where it was just it, I know how hard it was to get me to talk Kevin McAleer and to come along for the first time I'd met him on the street and I talked to him, I said about the comedy club, you know, Kevin, Kevin was like, oh, oh no. these boys are a bit too young for my stuff. <laughs> and I think what he was thinking of, it was going to be that, that gig you were talking about. Yeah. The back yeah, waxing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Strobes. So I had to really sort of play with him and go, no, I promise you, it's like, 
yeah, it's a it's an actual comedy audience. They want to be there for it. Please come along. And he came and did twenty minutes and just absolutely destroyed the place. Yeah. And then came to me afterwards and just said, he goes, you have something really special there. He said, I haven't felt that in a long time. Yeah. Um, so I was so glad because I was nervous, you know, because it's just there is a younger crowd and it's because, it's, you know, it's Kevin. But uh, that was pre-Derry Gears. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, after Derry Gears, it's, it's, it's actually weird. <laughs> I met him not that long ago in, uh, in a hotel locally. And, uh, For a massage? Yeah, we went into us in the spa. And... Uh, <laughs> Just having a cup of tea in the foyer and people walking past and you could see like people looking at him and sort of staring at him. And like one girl was sneakily taking a photograph of him as he went past. And uh Kevin, do you notice much of that these days? Uh there's been a bit of an increase now. I you know what that's about. Like you know obviously Derek girls yes, uh, I know. I haven't watched it, but I know. I was right. I said, but you'd know about like Uncle Collins clips are going around Facebook by themselves. The son said something to me about that. Yeah, yeah. He just has no relationship <laughs> no with the yeah. modern world. Absolutely and it's not. brilliant. Uh, if you, I, I, if I you want to meet him for coffee, you have to send a pigeon. You know? Yeah, <laughs> like, like, like I saw him walking around. Like he's a comedy hero of mine in Walls for a oh, gig with him from, from a long time before. Kevin McAleer, if anyone doesn't know, from Oma? Uh, just in the Oscars, yeah. He's a couple of miles outside, yeah. And I mean, in the early 90s would have been uh, especially on Irish TV like doing stuff the Night Owls doing stuff on RTE the Nighthawks Nighthawks yeah. Nighthawks yeah. Night um, yeah. and then he had uh, he just had this sort of his videos he had videos yeah but he was specials. also like seen as the alternative yeah yeah. he was he was, he was genuine alternative yeah. comedy where where there's a lot of people who say alternative comedy and it's just because it's just not funny yeah, but he was sheer alternative comedy and it was hilarious and um, I saw him walking around Noma one day and, and I remember, like, clocked him. I was like, is that him? And then I had nowhere to be or I was killing time. So I was like, I wonder where he's going. And I was like, hold on. I walked down the street and see what he's up to. And then I said, I was like, I've been following him for about 10 minutes. And I met him maybe at Daly's or at something. And I, I, I was like, Kevin, i got to make a confession. I was like, I followed you before around the streets. And then he was on Radio Ulster about three years later. Not on my show, on somebody else's show. And he was, they were asking him about, modern comedy and stuff and he said uh, yes there's the fella Todd he said uh, he follows me about and it's just the way he said it I so, guarantee you people listening were like what oh, the fuck is so, Shane Todd doing he's so droll it's, but, it's but we did uh, um, the Galway comedy Mike what are we like for time 54 we, we did the um, Galway comedy festival and there was like a Nordy invasion night which for some reason see the term Nordy I hate it. Yeah. No, I don't think anyone really uses it, do they? Uh, down south they would, yeah. About Northern Irish people, about, but... Yeah, the Nordies. It's just, it's not a word I enjoy the sound of. Not like a, obviously, yeah. it'd be mental if I was offended by it, because it is, <laughs> yeah. you know, but I just mean... When it's yeah, as down, a term, Nordy, yeah. I don't like Nordy, it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's because the Southern accent, too, is the Nordy. You know, yeah, the D part of it is yeah, Nordy. It's not, yeah, it's not a nice word, but um, there was like a Nordy night, and it was me... Mickey, Colin, and Ke- Kevin McAleer and Paul Curry. Oh, fuck. Young crowd. It was a Sunday night. I, 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 be, I didn't have a good festival. I feel like I didn't do well at any of the shows, really. And um, that was the best night because everybody kind of did well. I had my best set of the thing, and it was just before 
Kevin McAleer went on right. and there was like 200 people in the tent and the only person I was watching to see if he was laughing was, was Kevin, Kevin McAleer yeah. and I mean he's not going to be like deaf comedy jam audience member no, like no. falling in the aisles but like if you notice the odd like you know the side of his mouth like slightly moving it at mo- one point just, in 20 minutes yeah, you're like that's moves, all I need it moves about 3 millimeters. That's, that's all, all I need. need that's when you know it's good yeah he, he, he sort of he sent me an email after the first time he'd watched me actually and said uh I can't remember. So I used it as a goat in my poster going, very personable, you could take that the whole way sort of thing. I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, because to me, when I, like, obviously I'm, I'm that bit older than you, but I, growing up it was always American comedy for us. Yeah. British comedy wasn't really Seems a thing. Me. Lenny Henry, maybe, certainly, but the rest was all Eddie Murphy and maybe Bill Hicks and Pryor and stuff. So then, for the very first time, I'll never forget, I stole the tape off my uncle of hearing, like, an audience absolutely creasing themselves to somebody with my accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is, this is, because I wasn't listening to, uh, Kilty maybe a, a, a little bit, but that's a bit ahead of it. And I was like, but that's a Tyrone accent. And I was like, that is fucking unreal. So never knew what it looked like. Yeah, Just yeah. knew the voice. Right, right, right. Because that's how old I am, was on tape. Uh, so I never got to see him until way, way later. And when I, re- I just, you know when you meet somebody, like, that is exactly what I thought you looked like. Yeah, always the hands <laughs> yeah. behind the back. Yeah. Two hands behind the back. Sort of fleece. forward and back. Just, yes, yeah. fleece on. Yeah, and like absolutely. totally happy to like be in silence. Yes, oh, absolutely, yeah. Because who yeah. was it I saw backstage at the, at the festival? It was like him and a couple of like comedians of, of like his, his age. And I, you know, before you got a bit of nervous energy, you want to like chat to people a bit and well, however your other show's been going and all this. And they were just kind of all like, <laughs> happy to just enjoy the you know little nod at each other every now and again Colin Murphy told me I uh, went out with him last year Colin Murphy said about being stuck in a green room with Kevin McAleer and Michael Redmond Father Stone <laughs> the two yeah. of them just alright one word the way through that was it uh, but yeah Kevin's he's, he's fantastic and he's such a brain yeah. uh, and his uh, his wordplay the last show I watched him I was like oh that is just there's not a syllable was so place. well written. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then he, then that humility comes with him as well, where he just doesn't, he, he doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't care. I've seen him go on at the. Um, I saw him going at the Empire. It's one of the first times I saw him live, and they just weren't listening. Mm-hmm. And he, just, you know, it was like a ro- a very rowdy, like a bear pit night. Like they wanted uh, yeah. okay. more more unsubtle comedy. Let's just yeah. say, um, he goes up, starts talking. You know, he's got white hair. He's a fairly small man. He's up on stage, hands behind the back, taking 30 seconds between sentences. And they were chatting away. Mm-hmm. And after about a minute or two, the chatting kind of went away a wee bit. And he just kept talking. You know, if we went on, we'd be shouting a bit, you trying try to get their attention. Fight with them, yeah. He went even quieter. He went more into his shell. <laughs> and, he, he, you know, he would go, he'd just go, uh, they're watching me now. They're watching me. They're always watching me. And he, and he would just look around at, you know, Mm-hmm. Look around the stage, and eventually, after about ten minutes, they were in. They were loving it. That, yeah. He killed, and he gets him. And I, I've I watched him in Daly's one. He came and did a couple of times out the first night, and he's the only act I've ever seen that could. The only word I can use: footer, footer with a microphone stand. Yeah, for almost a minute. Yes, 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 yeah. Not yeah. say a word. Yeah, and have them in stitches. Yeah, just from a wee touch. Yeah, and a, wee, yeah. a wee look and nod, eyebrows and all. It, I mean, yeah. every, everything about it is just time to I must get him on the podcast. I think he'd be up for it. Be, yeah, it'd be classy. Oh, yeah. um, so let me, uh, to finish up, um, so hard to predict, be like, oh, what shows you want to do and all and what's happening? But 
but like has has this period of inactivity for everyone given you like um any sort of specific ambition to like do a certain thing or are you like you know what now i've thought about actually want to do this or that if, the good thing about it all is i've got an hour show yeah. on q excellent just the whole entire journey and all the madness and all the crazy shit like i have read some crazy shit this last nine months so to put that into a show you should do that in like a ba- <coughs> dark basement venue with yeah. a small oh, crowd yeah. <laughs> yeah and then just uh, kill them all then uh <laughs> Yeah. In 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 the comedy way. This I is mean. a packed you did not know. Yeah. <laughs> uh I think the for the biggest shock for me has been the podcast. Yeah. Because I I'd been doing a podcast, uh, best the best podcast. Um to our two hundred listeners. Um <laughs> we've been me and my mate Ronnie have been doing that and it's basically, you know, best your favourite T V show or film or whatever, and we sort of do a review, so it's not a comedy one. Yeah. And then somewhere along the line, I think it was January time. Bartlett was just chatting to me one day and he was like, here, do you fancy doing a podcast? And I was like, the equipment's Noma. If you're willing to travel to Noma all the time, fucking sure, no problem. Yeah. And he does, he goes down every time and and, we, and and then it just, it went from there. So I know me personally, I've increased like a, a people that know me because of the podcast, you know, because yeah. of the podcast. So hopefully now I'll be able to do like a, a, a show of my own sort of thing. Yeah. But um, I was more than happy with where things were going because it, it just on Waterfront Hall with you like, sang at yeah, Waterfront Hall yeah. no yeah, less yeah, no we less did, we did um, did the Waterfront Hall with you and then uh, had went out with, with Murphy after that and do you know when you just you obviously at some point must have had that feeling where you're thinking right things are moving in the way they should be moving Yeah, you can feel a bit of momentum and then bang it just stops um, the last two shows of Murphy's tour wasn't done lockdown and so uh, the podcast then became a sort of a filler with our quizzes and it's been a great way to be productive in some way and, yeah, and feel like you are having that connection with you know what audience. Like, fucking therapy. Yeah, 100%. I swear to God, it's, it's, 100%. it's like when you're sitting, especially when you're with Bartlett, I mean, he, he's, you know what he's like. You I mean, just pull the string, let him go. Yeah, you know, and yeah, you, just, yeah. you just watch and absorb. And yeah. uh, So that's been class as well because then you end up feeling like an audience member at times because yes. you're coming out sore from laughing. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. So uh, it has turned out to be pretty cool actually, yeah. So, uh, deck chair and young. What day of the week come in? Normally goes out on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday. Uh, yeah, it's class. I really enjoy it. And Mickey was supposed to get a camera from me. Yes, we've talked about it. I should have brought it today. The shed of truth is getting um, converted. Right. Into the studio of truth. So I should have brought that camera. You can have that. We camera can. We'll get that. Yeah. Um, but I think it's not a if good there was camera. ever a podcast that shouldn't be on video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've said this for a long time. I keep putting it off. Going, Mickey, we're not very photogenic you know sorry for yourself you know what I mean you, you know you obviously you look like you do um, but sounds like there's an insult <laughs> in there somewhere you know? but us two swamp monkeys coming out of fucking <laughs> I look like a haunted Victorian child <laughs> but a sweet one yeah 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 well I sweet on the outside but like that was a question I was asked in a recent podcast would be like if I was a character in the crown who, who would I be mm-hmm. and I was like I'd be a character I'd be like a distant relative Who's in with the, like he, he's royal kind of by blood, but I think he I, I, I would have gone by the name of Julian, and I'd be like a very evil big child, <laughs> you know. And I, are you not officially part of the royal family now? Kind of, sort of are. Like that's why when you like when I mentioned the crown and you looked like you had something to say, I was going to be like, this episode's never getting released. <laughs> the family won't lie it. Do you know what I remember? <laughs> yeah, because yeah. So the first thing I did two things. One was. When Harry and Meghan came over, um, 
and they were coming to the crime bar and they wanted to meet people from the arts. <laughs> love, I love your bit about that about. Oh, about how you react to it when certain no, people ask about you. No, about the crime bar, about being there and. Oh, but the way I was introduced, they just assumed that you were just a, <laughs> a drinker. It was the, the woman bar. who was the, the official like liaison, the Irish liaison between the royal family and, and the people or whatever was had. She, and she's old, right? And she was supposed to like introduce, like you know, she asked everyone, "What's your name?" and "What are yeah. you?" She and Todd stamp comedian, blah blah. And then when it came to it, she just fucking like got lost in the joy of it all. <laughs> and no, she didn't even say it. Right. She was the, the these are some locals of this bar. <laughs> and then, then my joke was that we just looked like we were always there and I was like these people just think I'm a young alcoholic um, but yeah so we did that and we had a chat and I, I purely went to that because two of my mates were doing it mm-hmm. and I was like oh there's, there, this is material yeah. this is 100% material and then the next time they asked it was like now William and Kate are coming over mm-hmm. would you do and I was like oh I don't want to do the same thing again and they were like well, would you do stand up at this event and I was like yes 100% did it and then a friend of ours said to me not that long ago, he knows, he goes, uh, you know, some people in the West uh, aren't too happy with you. And I was like, who, what, how? I think I was there in that conversation. Yeah, I was like, there isn't, there must have nothing to do. There's maybe one guy in West Belfast who's like, what are you, dickhead? But like, it's not actively being discussed yeah, it's not, in in, diff- in circles. It's not a committee meeting. No, called. they're not like Shane Todd keeps showing up at these fucking events. <laughs> but like, I'd have done it for like, you know, the opposite. Yeah. You know? Who, you who's the opposite? Stand up Jerry Adams' birthday. <laughs> I do said. I do said. 100% Think of the fucking roast you could give him <coughs> I'd love to uh, Jerry good to see you here Although you might not be here uh, You know Fucking really good Like really good be class. That could be Yeah you might not get a little Jerry sometime. Jerry check under your car He looks on It's a cake You know what I mean Like it's a cake um, But I mean <laughs> I used to have a bit of material That like I was too young To really make it work And it wasn't that funny But it was about like The IRA um, Going on like a charm campaign <laughs> So they'd like ring, they'd ring people and be like, you know, government buildings and all and be like, listen, he's at 15 minutes to get out and get the, the Donald Ice Bowl. We've laid on some bowling and <laughs> some bowling and food for you, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, the way the fucking robot bomb diffuser thing just pulling out a cake. It's a cake. <laughs> Johnny Five. It wasn't as funny as I'm describing it now. I remember I was doing a gig in Strabane. And I said, I, I must have done, done that material then. And then some guy in the audience went, Johnny Five. And I was like, who the fuck is Johnny Five? And he goes, the wee robot. And I was like, that's Eyes, bullshit. That's, that's not true. Well, Johnny Five, you know what Johnny Five is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But I then thought the, oh, the, the police actually called was called Johnny Five. <laughs> right, okay, no. I just show my age by quoting on the And I was like, then that undermines it when the police are like, listen, we need to go to like an active bomb scene. Someone get Johnny Five. <laughs> I was like, they didn't need to call him that. <laughs> Johnny Five. <laughs> <a> news reporter. <laughs> Army bomb disposal experts have brought out Johnny Five. Johnny Five is live at the scene. Uh, yeah, fuck. I'd, I, I mean, at the minute, I would do a gig for anyone. Dictators. Yeah, it's it's getting, uh, it's, it, it's getting desperate levels now at this stage. Uh, if Trump had got back in, I'd have done five at the, at the inauguration. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, that's still to come too. We've got all that to, to come out as well. That's all. This is finished up before the 20th of January. Final question. How does that play out? There's no way he's, he's getting back in. Is Absolutely there? getting back in. No. You, you think... The next year, on the twentieth of January, I believe Donald Trump will be inaugurated. 
Now that's a big statement and a, a lot statement. of time with what those statements. When's this going? <laughs> 21st January. Uh, a lot of time with those statements, sometimes I think it's like... I can't it's see... It's a girl showing up to a house party when you're at secondary school. It's uh, Sometimes it feels like a guy being like, they'll be here. And you're like... <clears throat> I, I, I can't see how they don't, unless... Sorry, I should say a caveat to that. If, if it's not, it's a new election. I don't see it going the way it is with the... With the court cases, the, keep, the media keeps talking about the court cases or keep being thrown out, um, but they're not his cases. There are other cases been done that obviously aren't prepared and stuff. They, as in Giuliani and uh, Jenna Ellis, they have three cases live, and they're ultimately going to end up in the Supreme Court. So the Supreme Court's going to decide, and once they see the the evidence, it's, I can't see how they won't overturn the 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 election or call a new one, because. This is the weird thing we talk about in our podcast. They don't have... You don't have to produce your voter ID at the when you go to vote. What so do you mean? You can just you walk can just in? walk on and just vote. You don't need to have any ID to prove you are the person that says on your electoral card. I feel it's like a bad system. Bad system. The, don't forget, these are the people who went to Iraq. Maybe you have to, to promise. teach people how to do open and fair trans- But maybe you <laughs> have to promise or whatever. Maybe you, you go in and you go to Shane Todd. And yeah, go, I promise. I swear to God. Do you swear? Yeah, but, the Bible. It, but then some people might have their fingers crossed I secretly see. in their pocket. See, that's what the Bible's for. <laughs> yeah, true. Keep one hand in the Bible, the other hand up. And it keeps no fingers crossed. Next time you come on, let's talk about the Bible. Um, <laughs> yeah, cheers for coming on. Thank you very much. Thanks for the uh, tea. Yeah, and uh, bring some of that hair product next time. I can give you something there you want. Good. Social distancing, can you reach? <laughs> Look where I shot me. Eh?